Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Well, hello, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really great. Thank you so much for joining me. Whether you're new, whether you're old, I just appreciate you listening. So welcome, welcome. I have my kids occupied. We'll see if it works, you guys. I'm hiding in my my closet, honestly. I've got a couple of them watching Jonas Brothers concert. We got really into Jonas Brothers, okay? I'll admit it. We went to their concert, my entire family, when we went in uh, December for a big Christmas gift. It was so much fun. And hey, I gotta tell you, they're super talented. I wasn't ever like really sold on them until I went to their concert, heard them live. They are so good. <laughs> okay, well, enough about the Jonas Brothers. Then I got a baby napping. I got another kid doing a classroom WebEx meeting. So that's my day. Let's see if we can get through it with like minimal screaming and <laughs> sound checks. But today you are listening to What Do You Want Now? This is my Dating After Divorce series. So welcome to it. I'm going to be concentrating a little bit about what do you want? What kind of person do you want now? That's the exciting thing. <laughs> and notice that I didn't say who. Who do you want? I put what. Because there's kind of a lot that goes into that. So today we're going to be thinking in terms of values, qualities, and what do I need to watch out for in other people and in myself? What patterns in myself? So let's go right into it. You know, the interesting thing is a lot of times when we are thinking, oh, who do I want? What do I want now in my life? We think, oh, what do I not ever want to repeat again, right? (laughs) And it's interesting that I have some clients and I know a lot of people that are crippled by the fear of repeating these same mistakes that they seem to be in relationship after relationship where they're choosing the kind of the same type of person and getting into those same cycles where it's not working out and they're sick of it, but they're scared of themselves. Okay, so today we're hoping to bring that into awareness and actually come up with action steps that you can do, not just, oh, let's think about this. No, let's actually go in and see how we can change things up. A lot of times, what do you not want, right? It's about not making those same mistakes. So number one, how do we do this? How do we choose? How do we not make those mistakes? Let's kind of combine the whole thing. Number one, we've got to become extremely aware of our previous patterns. So let's go back. Let's go way back. Let's go to childhood. How did you interact with your parents, your siblings? Were you really passive? Did you let people walk over you? Were you aggressive? Did you pick fights? Or were you passive aggressive? That's kind of me. You know, how old were you when you started to see a change maybe from going along with what everybody asked you to do to kind of standing up? Really look into it of of the person that you are and you don't need to go and dig deep into all the hurts and all the complaints, but just kind of 
notice what you do with your interpersonal relationships. Who are you? What kind of person are you? Where are you repeating things? Now jump into your past few relationships. Is there a pattern there? Become extremely aware. Even in how you are meeting people, is there a pattern in how you meet people? Are you falling into relationships without even really realizing it? Are you looking to help and take care of people? Are you looking, thinking that you can change them? Are you a person that really goes on attraction and looks? And maybe you want to safeguard that and, and not repeat that? You know, in general, it's, it's hard for you to notice this about yourself. You might want to ask and sit down with a close friend. And we're going to come back to that close friend because we need our support team. We need people on our side who totally know us. So let's enlist the help of others. But really, really go back and just start to view. Just start to view how you're doing this. Are you meeting people online? Are you meeting people and that hasn't worked out? Are you meeting people in bars? <laughs> Are you, you know, maybe places that you shouldn't be meeting people or whatever. I'm not here to judge. I'm just saying, look at the patterns. Look at who you meet, where you meet them. Look at how you are getting into that relationship so that maybe you could see, oh, okay, maybe that's something that I can change. Now, number two is going to sound a little like number one, but it is different. So number two is recognizing your part in the dysfunction. Now this takes a lot of humility. And I'll have I'll admit something, you guys. It took me years to see my part. I was it, it was a situation where anyone could look at it and say, oh yeah, okay. I kind of don't blame you for getting a divorce or, or whatever. Yeah, that's a big issue. And there's nothing you could do or say or whatever. But I'm here to tell you that I had a part to play. I didn't recognize my part in the dysfunction. Most of it was my naivety and my um, not understanding. And um, so there could have been a lot I could do. Now, in taking that responsibility, it's different than taking on blame and shame of the situation. It's over, you guys. It's over. Now we just need to realize, okay, did I play a part in that? You don't have to self-destruct and beat yourself up about it. You just want to realize what your part in the dysfunction is what your part is in the dysfunction of any relationship, parents, siblings, what's your part? When we can realize what our part is in any dysfunction, oh man, that's when truth comes out and change can happen. That was number two, recognize your part in the dysfunction. Number three, change your pattern. All right, so with Becoming humble, realizing, you know, becoming aware of our previous patterns, recognizing what our part in the dysfunction is. Now we can actually change the pattern. So this is when you're going to ask your friends for help. 
And I have to say, I don't see a lot of people doing this. I don't see people flat out going to their friends and saying, you guys, what's my problem? Like that takes guts. And go to your friends who are your friends, those ones you've had forever that can tell you the truth. And you tell them, I'm here for you to tell me the truth. And just realize if there's no change within you, the same thing will occur. All right. If we just were unaware and we jump back into dating again without any change or awareness, we're just going to jump into the same old patterns. So tell your friends, okay, you guys, I've noticed this about myself. Maybe you're way too accepting. You have very low standards. Maybe your self-esteem is kind of shot. So you're thinking I'll take anybody or, or whatever. And you want to tell your friends that you guys don't let me choose just anybody. Don't call me out and have some code word that you use where you have to humble yourself when someone's calling you out. Maybe you are a person that has a hard time saying no in general. So boundaries are hard for you. Tell your friends. If you see this happening, tell me. If you see me with a jerk, maybe that's a pattern. You're going for the jerks, you know, that you kind of want to prove yourself to. And that's not love, by the way. That's not even like. <laughs> that's just dysfunction. Uh, but I, I've, seen, I've seen myself in that pattern of trying to prove myself and trying to get their attention more than just liking someone, having them like you and being in a normal relationship. So that is not love. That is not like tell your friends to call you out on that behavior as well. Tell your friends to call you out on if you're trying to save somebody. That's I'm just telling you the ones that I see uh, more than usual. Anything like that, you guys. So number one and number two really have to be done in order for you to change your pattern and tell your friends to call you out on it. Now, part of changing your pattern is actually changing your pattern. So you're not going to meet them the same places that maybe didn't work. You're not going, you're going to recognize and you're not going to be the pushover. You're not going to, you know, do those same passive aggressive or whatever aggressive behaviors that you did before. You're actually going to do something about it because you're aware. And part of that is deciding on boundaries. What are your boundaries going to be? What you, and this is really, really cool for someone who has had that experience of divorce, who does not want to repeat that again. They can say, oh, uh, you do this or that. That's fine for you. But for me, I can't have that in my relationship. I just can't. You know, you got to kind of know your boundaries. Maybe you don't want to be with somebody who you notice has a hot temper. And you have to say, I'm so sorry. It's just a boundary for me. I can't be with someone who's easily angered. Maybe you notice somebody who drinks every now and then. And you say, I am so sorry. Um, that's your choice, but it's my choice to not date someone who does that due to my past experience and my standards. Maybe, you know, the list can go on and on and on, but those are boundaries. And when you see yourself going back to that pattern, 
you've got to be able to have that clear-cut boundary. So if you could even list three or four boundaries that you want to decide upon, that you now know yourself, that you are going to stand firm in no matter what, that can make all the difference, you guys. Now, number four goes more into just the basic, what do you want now? We're here thinking about dating. Maybe you had a pretty bad, tough relationship and a divorce. And so you don't even believe that a relation, a good relationship is possible. So number four is you actually have to believe that it can happen for you. Believe that good people exist and that you could have that chance of it. Now, I could sit here and tell you to believe in love, and it's going to happen for you, that you'll find someone with the same values as you, and it will be fruitless because you don't believe it, right? Now, we've heard before, if you've listened to my podcast, that when we're trying to change the thoughts that we have, we have to replace maybe those thoughts that are not serving us with true thoughts. Okay, you can't be thinking that you're fat and hating your body and all of a sudden say, oh, I love my body. My body's perfect. I love it so much. No, you have to start with the truth. I have a body. And then you can move to my body helps me do things. I have strong arms and legs that get me place to place. Then you can move to the next level of loving your body, you know. And so it's a process, but we can't fool ourselves. We have to put the truth in. So you have to start believing that it's even a possibility for you, that there are good people out there. And to even have that possibility that you could have a thriving, awesome relationship. It goes a long way because you're in all these crazy emotions right now. Divorce, through divorce, you're just in this whirlwind of emotion where it's hard to think out of the box. It's hard to see your future. But if you can start seeing it, if you can start believing, that's a huge, huge step in where you want to go instead of just falling into that next relationship without even realizing that it's happening. So it's important to think about these things, you guys. Okay, so number four is believe believe in the possibility. Now, number five is interesting. I, you, We've got to change who we're attracted to, if that's a problem, right? If that's even a problem for you. Um, for me, it kind of was. It kind of was um, in a roundabout way, not totally, but not even with my ex-husband, but with relationships in the past, I would say, that were not healthy. I was attracted to kind of the same type of person. It was all about looks. And like I kind of mentioned before, it was um, if they didn't care too much about me, for some reason, I was attracted to that. Um, it made me work harder. I wanted to work. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to gain their attention. All of those things um, is part of changing who we're attracted to. There's a story, I'll never forget it, but my oldest sister had her best friend 
she married um, this guy who was the lead guitar and singer in a band. And he was really popular in the valley and he had long hair and he was super cool, you know. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. And she had two of the most precious, cute little girls. And it ended with him being unfaithful and a divorce. And then she started dating, who is her husband now, and he was the sweetest guy. He was um, clean cut. He treated her so respectfully. He was nice looking. It wasn't that he wasn't nice looking. It just, he didn't have that rocker mentality, bad boy, long hair, what, whatever that type of jeans or whatever clothes that those type of people would wear, whatever. So she was telling my sister, I'm just having a hard time, you know, dating this guy. I'm not sure if I'm totally attracted to him. And my sister just let her have it. She was like, then change who you're attracted to because this guy is awesome. And this guy is loyal. This guy is, you know, devoted and all these qualities that you want change who you're attracted to. So how do we change who we're attracted to? There has to be some sort of base attraction, you guys, but I truly feel that it is in the focus. It's in the focus. It's that pl pleasure versus pain principle that we take those qualities and we give them more weight than maybe the physical characteristics. We've got to grow up and start focusing on what truly matters. So let's give those values, those qualities that we want way more weight in how they treat us as we recognize that maybe we have a tendency to do this or that in our relationship, then we can give more weight to those and realize what truly matters for us. So. Number six goes along to kind of changing that weight and who we're attracted to by making an actual list. Yes, I have gone there, you guys, and this is where this could get criticized. And it gets criticized a lot, just in general. You're making a list. Don't ever make a list. You know, I think I made a list when I was a laurel, you know, back when I was 16, and I put all the things. I want a return missionary, and I want this person and that person, but I was not very wise at that point and there were things that I missed but we could make the perfect list and have the seemingly perfect person and it still doesn't work out but what I may mean by making your list now you know with hindsight and all those things is that we can list really the values that we're looking for the qualities that we want that we could give it that weight because when we do make those lists, it creates it for us spiritually. We have to create this in our head before it could be created temporally. And I believe that is for anything. It is the focus. If we, again, go out not knowing really what we want, not understanding ourselves, and not knowing what we want in others, we get wrapped up in the same old pattern. And this is all about breaking those patterns. So it's that story of the race car driver who's rounding and rounding the track faster and faster. But each time he sees a, this big old light post 
and he just starts looking at it and he's focused on it and he's no longer focused on the road and what's going to happen after a while he's going to crash into the light post that is the same thing if we have this beautiful list in our minds of the qualities that we want to see in somebody and that we're looking for someone you know who's close to their family or someone who really values family someone who values the gospel someone who doesn't put themselves number one you know we can get um, away from those narcissistic type of traits somebody who has a purpose in their life someone who is driven in their work someone you know it could be totally different now maybe before we were looking for someone to take care of us now we just want a partner maybe before you know or whatever you know what I'm saying it has changed now it is completely changed and we can create that so that we can focus on that I was even I was watching Jimmy Fallon the the other night and it showed his wife and I thought it was so interesting because she even said I met Jimmy shortly after I had created a list of who I want she was a little bit older a single older, um, she was in her late 30s or maybe even 40s. Yeah, maybe even 40s. I can't remember. Um, but she made a list and then Jimmy walked into her life and she said that she remembered putting on the list someone that really believed in family relationships and being strong with that because she wanted kids and she wanted to recreate that in her life. So it's kind of just seeing things manifested, right? Um, that we have to create things spiritually before it can be created temporally. And then number seven is pretty simple. You become the list yourself. So let's make a list. What do you want on that list? If you don't exemplify those qualities, if you don't exemplify those habits, you know, maybe you're like, I really want someone in, who's in shape because it bugged me that <laughs> my wife was not in shape her whole marriage. And you're not in shape? Problem right there. So we have to exemplify our own list. Look down at your list and make sure that you have that honesty, that you value your family and the gospel, that those are priorities for you. And as you are working on yourself, then you will see it in other people, those same qualities. Maybe you want someone who's up for a spontaneous hike and likes the outdoors and likes camping. And then you realize, oh, I haven't done this for two years. Uh, yeah, do you really, really like that? <laughs> or want someone like that? And as you become that, it will come back to you. I always say for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Those same types of people who <laughs> love pottery will find you at the pottery class. Or those same type of people will find you on the mid-singles hike because they like to hike. Those same type of people will find you at church because that is your priority. Okay, does that make sense? So... I love you guys. I really do. Don't give up hope. Those are seven things that you can do. This is exciting. This is a fun time. It's not a downward time. This could be the most exciting time of your life. 
honestly, it was for me. It was for me. And I do believe that I did get lucky. But my dad always said, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And that's it for me today. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Again, make this what you want. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.